1: friends and welcome back to the Little Woman Podcast. I was very happy that my long time little woman friend, Melody Ellison came to be my guest for the next three episodes. We shall be dissecting Laurie's proposal to Joe word by word and counting all the red flags there are. We also came to the conclusion that the closest adaptation to the novel proposal scene is the movie from 1933 and the furthest is in fact Little Woman 2019, so the adaptations are going more further and further away from the actual novel. I believe there is some truth based in Laurie's proposal. We know that Louisa May Alcott had a fling with the young Ladislas Wisniewski and he was very flirtatious and I personally believe that he had a crush on Louisa because she was a mother figure, someone who liked to look after him. Joe is a mother figure for Laurie, and you cannot marry someone when you see them more as your child. Crush on Louisa because she was a mother figure, someone who liked to look after him. Joe is a mother figure for Laurie, and you cannot marry someone when you see them more as your child. I think it is possible to still like and appreciate Laurie's character. Because this is exactly what he needs to hear from Joe, so he can grow as a man when he falls in love with Amy. I personally like the book lorry a lot more because he is complicated, relatable and as Melody and I shall be discussing, he behaves like a 20-something man and we can learn from that, we can recognize that behavior and we can decide not to romanticize it. Melody and I have known a couple years now. She runs the Little Woman Book Club in Facebook, that is where we met. I am no longer on Facebook so don't bother to find me there, I quit last year. It wasn't good for my mental health you all know how Facebook can be but if you are on Facebook that is a good group and Melody is very knowledgeable on all things Little woman. I have some little woman coloring book pages available on my coffee shop. you can leave a donation there if you are a fan of this podcast. The coffee page is at coffee.com/ littlewoman channel. In these next three episodes we are going to talk about the chapter 35 called Heartache. If you have listened to my podcast before, you know that I don't believe that Laurie was ever in love with Joe, And especially after this chat that I had with Melody, it just confirmed this idea. And also that this chapter shows incredibly well how difficult it is for Joe to see emotional manipulation. Because she has such strong maternal feelings for him. People always wonder why Joe wants to start a school for boys and they think it is not very feminist. In the novel it is mentioned many times how Joe loved boys and when she would run to play with boys even as an adult and some of those boys were other than Lori. In Little Man Joe says to one of her students, I think it was Dan, that she and Fredrick want to grow their boys to respect women. They want to see a world where men and women respect one another. Little Man was written in 1870s. Word was not very equal back then. Jo has loved that word of boys so much because it gave her liberty that she would not get in the female circles. But then there are times when this word of boys is not so great. Like when Laurie makes these ultimatums when he proposes her. So when Jo starts a school for boys that can be seen as a feminist act because... When she guides her boys, she is going to raise them to respect women so they don't end up doing what Laurie did to her. Those of you who have not read the books and you have only seen Laurie's proposals in various little woman adaptations, please listen this episode and let me know your thoughts in the comments. I have no idea how it is even possible that we have chosen Laurie shippers in the world because if Laurie would do these things today, he would be a target of a Me Too campaign. And the comment shout out goes to Christina. Quote, the whole Friedrich vs Laurie debate can be summed up in one idiotic sentence Jo only marries Friedrich because she was lonely and really she's a lesbian, asexual, but straight and in love only for Laurie. It totally makes sense. Just what? People are so contradictory and they must not know Jo at all if they think she'd ever marry someone she didn't love and that she never wanted to be loved or married stop watching the movies and read the damn book it bewilders me whenever anyone brought up age-saying how he is disgustingly older than her there is a sixteen year age difference and joe was well into her twenties when she met him not at all a child so I hardly find that disgusting and for all of people who talk about having crushes on older guys it comes across pretty hypocritical, it's only alright to you if he was described as being handsome, not the big teddy bear of a man he is. Stuff like this really tells me what kind of person these people are and it's shallow. End quote. Can't argue with that. People's reading comprehension is something that I am genuinely worried. Laurie was being abusive in the novel. Louisa Mayalgo did want to get married. She writes about it in her journals. But she was in love with her professor, and I especially liked the one essay she wrote a year after she had met Ladislas. That marriage should not only be based on physical passion; minds should go together and souls unite. And she definitely considered future with Ladislas. But you can't marry someone when they expect you to be their mother and not an equal partner. This small umbrella in Berlin, the rain. Little Women Podcast, Curse Say No When They Mean Yes, and other red flags in Laurie's proposal.
2: My name is Melody Ellison. I am the founder of the Little Women Book Club on Facebook I did not think that that would be so popular, but it's incredibly popular now, especially. we got a whole lot of new members. When I'm not posting there or commenting there or just being an admin in general, I am a writer and an actor. I have a book that's called Rachel and the Mighty Arm that Built Egypt. You can find it on Amazon. I'm right now in the middle of rehearsals for Little Mermaid. Mermaid. That's my general life. Is it Disney Little Mermaid? Yes. Yay. Yes, I play Chef Louis, the psychotic French chef. <laughs>
1: That's great.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I know
1: that you done some of your own research on Louisa May Alcott. Like yes. you know a lot about her as well.
2: Yeah, I I know I know more than the average Little Women fan, but I certainly don't know anything compared to yourself. I I'm still in the book club. I'm like, you guys have to check out this podcast. It's if you you will learn something, even if you think you know a lot, you are going to learn something from it. Oh, thanks. I do my best. I always like to know the whys of things, you know, and that's that's pretty much how I ended up learning more about Louisa May Alcott than the, than like the average person is because you know I'm like why. Did she make this choice? And it's like a lot of the stuff you pointed out, a lot of it comes down to her own upbringing and her exposure to, you know, Germanic-type writings. And there's a lot there. That's, that's really the way I started. Like, I wanted to know
1: the reasons why there are these choices in the book. Mm-hmm. What are the stories behind them? We are going to dissect the chapter 35 of Little Woman.
2: Got heartache. I, I printed out a chapter so that I could write on it if I wanted to. But yes, I have I have the chapter ready to read. Awesome. Would you like to start? Sure. Okay, so little women, part two, chapter thirty five Heartache. Whatever his motive might have been, Lori studied to some purpose that year, for he graduated with honor and gave the Latin oration with the grace of a Phillips and the eloquence of a Demothenes. So his friends said. They were all there his grandfather oh so proud Mr and Mrs March John and Meg Joe and Beth and all exulted over him with the sincere admiration which boys make light of at the time but fail to win from the world by any after triumphs So we have Laurie
1: graduating and uh, he's doing pretty good
2: Yes he did really well it it kind of makes me sad sometimes when I look at this because I'm because to realize that he didn't do it for himself for the purpose of knowledge. He did it for Joe and for his grandfather. Yeah. It's like you're happy for him that he obviously has learned a lot because he wouldn't have been graduated with honors if he hadn't been able to retain information. But at the same time, it's, it's like, I don't know, I guess as somebody who has a great love of learning, it makes me sad to think that somebody wouldn't learn just for the sake of wanting to learn that they would be doing it for someone else.
1: Yeah, I just rewatched the 1978 version, and there's mm-hmm. the moment he's in the billiard hall, and the yes. grandfather is like, "Why well, you are not in school?" And he's like skipping school. There, he still manages to study at some point, I, I think.
2: Yes, and in in I think it was even maybe in this chapter that it talks about how he um, had gave up billiards for joe you know (laughs) and i think it's one of those subtext things where it's like because it's not like talked about a lot in the book like oh he's so into billiards or he's into these things that are like maybe not good for his character you know because at the time billiards would have been considered like a low type of thing to be involved with it's a thing like like she couldn't make him like an alcoholic or something that was going to be really bad, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So she gave him billiards and it's still like his fault.
1: One of the earliest chapter in part two, when Laurie is in college, it's mentioned that he smokes, drinks, plays pool and flirts with girls, something like that. And then he always gets out of trouble when he gets into fights and all the teachers like him, even though he's not always the most responsible student, because he's so charming. It's interesting. Laurie is an interesting character. Yes. I've got to stay for this confounded supper, but I shall be home early tomorrow. You'll come and meet me as usual, girls, Laurie said, as he put the sisters into the carriage after the choice of the day were over. He said, girls, but he meant Joe for she was the only one who kept up the old custom. She had not the heart to refuse her splendid, successful boy anything and answered warmly, I'll come, Teddy, rain or shine, and march before you, playing how the conquering hero comes on a jew's harp. Laurie thanked her with a look that made her think, in a sudden panic, Oh dear me, I know he'll say something and then what shall I do? Joe knows what's going to happen.
2: She does. She does know. And I mean, isn't it at this point, she's already been avoiding him?
1: She's been to the other side of the country, <laughs> avoiding him.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of those things, too, that I, I feel like uh, a lot in, in Little Women, something that Louisa Malcott gets totally right is your, your state of mind at different ages. Aren't they in their early 20s at this point or late teens? Um, early 20s, I think. And so they're at that age where maybe they wouldn't normally just yet just say their mind. They're weaving around each other, doing a dance of like, oh, I feel this way. I feel this way. Versus if they were 10 years older, she instead of running away, she would have already told him, hey, I'm not interested in you like that. I don't think I would thought about that. Yeah, I can see that. and it's just like how, you know, we've talked about before about how Lori's love for Joe is an immature love. And again, it totally fits the age that he's at. It's not like that's who he is completely as a person, because by the time he asks Amy to marry him, he's not the same person, but he's because he's grown up some. Mm. And, and the fact that Louise Alcott can so exactly portray the inner workings of these people to fit the real ages they are. I, that's one of those things I think that is a very understated thing about her as a writer is she really does capture the way we think when we're at these different ages.
1: Yeah, I think the transcendentalist. they had this thing. Louisa was encouraged to write her inner thoughts all the time when she was younger. Like she had to yeah. collect all her thoughts and memories. Well, she didn't have to do that, but she was encouraged to do it. Then you learn to know about yourself, and that was part of their, their fate. I think you can see a lot of that in little woman, because you can yeah. read so much about the character's inner worlds.
2: Yes, I agree. Evening meditation and morning work somewhat allayed her fears, and having decided that she wouldn't be vain enough to think people were going to propose when she had given them every reason to know that her answer would be, she set forth... At the appointed time, hoping Teddy wouldn't do anything to make her hurt his poor feelings. A call at Meg's and a refreshing sniff and sip at the Daisy and Demijohn still further, further fortified her for the tete a tete. But when she saw a stalwart figure looming in the distance, she had a strong desire to turn about and run away. Despite that, she had
1: given them every reason to know what her answer would be. There's only
0: one road into Key West.
1: That really got into me. Yeah. She has given him multiple reasons that she's not into him.
2: I think, I think a lot of us have been in those situations in life though, right? With, with, with young men, Mm. the, the, the young man who it doesn't matter how many times you say, Hey, this is not how I see you, or this is not going to work. I mean, nowadays it's usually about because a movie from the eighties or something told him (laughs) that if he just keeps trying, it'll work, but. In Laurie's time, he probably had been reading romantic poetry or some other romantic writings that taught him that he was, like, going to win if he just kept at it because, obviously, he just had to play the part of the romantic lead and and then she would love him.
1: Yeah, that is very problematic these days. Yes. I think we talked about this earlier, how there are so many
2: examples in the media about the guys yeah. who behave like this yes like we've talked i know we talked about it with like the notebook the notebook i it always makes me crazy when people are like it's such a romantic movie you know I, I, don't, I haven't read the book i've only seen the movie but you know the scene where he's hanging off the ferris wheel and like threatening to kill himself essentially if she won't go on a date with him that is not romantic that is abuse <laughs> you know yeah. that's manipulation but I, I think there's a, a lot of, it sounds like even all the way back then, a lot of men who think that that is a romantic gesture when really it, all it is is manipulation.
1: I read the notebook, but it was maybe 15 years ago. I mm-hmm. don't think that scene was in it. Maybe it was oh. only the film, but maybe. I need to check that out. It's really troublesome in the movie. And the way um, Edward stalks Bella in Twilight,
2: yes you know and the sad thing is it's like there we do buy into this stuff because i i see all the problematic things with twilight but i still like twilight i still like the books I still like the movies but i wouldn't want an edward (laughs) you know i wouldn't want personally i enjoy the films but it's it's not a good it's really not a good message yeah i've only seen the first twilight film I can see why a lot of young fans would like that. Uh,
1: I can see why a lot of young readers would like that in Laurie. Yes. you don't have that experience yourself. If we would all imagine some guy saying that they are going to hurt themselves if we don't go out with them, nobody's going to think that's romantic or sweet. Yeah. I kind of like the scene where she goes to see Daisy and Demi-John. Just chose one. once again that Joe really wants a family to
2: herself. You know, I mean, think about how she creates her large family with Plumfield. I I feel like it's one of those examples, too, how in some of the more modern explorations of little women, people try to make her like just this like career woman and all of that. You know, and it's like there's nothing that was more important to Joe than her family. Her writing was secondary next to her family. It's an odd thing when people try to present her as this just career driven and it's like she's not career driven she's driven by family and art it's her writing is her art
1: i think it's the chapter all alone where the narrator says that Mm
2: -hmm. she has
1: sacrificed hopes of love and chances for her own family for her career Mm -hmm. and other things
2: her health she's not happy that's really sad you look at the other books i mean clearly having a family ended up being a way more important thing to her than her writing was. Mm. We're we're not quite there yet in this chapter, but there was something that really struck me while I was reading the chapter this time. And it was the kind of the structure of Lori and Joe's relationship reminded me of something and I'm like, what does this remind me of? What does this remind me of? And then it hit me. It reminds me of Peter Pan and Wendy. You know, I was thinking about
1: that earlier today that the way Joe collects these boys around her. Yes, she's like she, Wendy
2: at the Lost she has Boys. Her Lost Boys, exactly. Yeah. And and I was thinking about, you know, with, with the way she interacts with Laurie in this chapter, like when she, you know, she's like cradling him practically and like touching his hair. And it's make, it makes me think of this mother type figure, but it's not a real mother. It's this child pretending to be a mother to this boy who pretends to basically be a man. And so that made me think... This is like Peter Pan and Wendy. And of course, Peter Pan was first a play and then it became a novel. But it wasn't written until the beginning of the 1900s. So it's like 40 years after Little Women, basically. And so then I started thinking, I wonder if J.M. Barry was influenced by Louise May Alcott at all. Because between the relationship that Laurie and Joe have to the next book where joe has this group of these boys so i did a search and what i found when i did a google search was someone had actually written their thesis on a similar idea the thesis was written by someone named leah marie kirkpatrick and it was titled hidden kisses walled gardens and angel kinder a story of the victorian and edwardian conceptions of motherhood and childhood in Little Women, The Secret Garden, and Peter Pan. So if someone else has had some similar ideas like this, I'm like, I must be on to something. Now, I only just found this today, so I have not read it because it is 148 pages long. All right. <laughs> it's a thesis. But I thought, how interesting, you know, because it seems like her general, I, you know, the the main point of it is this idea, you know, in, in this era, m- make ch- both, both the idea of childhood and motherhood kind of like a an angelic sort of situation. Like it's, you become saint-like as a mother, you are an angel as a child, this kind of celebration of innocence within both of these ideas. But I don't know. I think it's something to look at more. Like the idea that in a way, Lori and Joe are kind of a Peter and Wendy situation.
1: That's super interesting. I was talking in an earlier episode with somebody who said that, when Joe takes care of Beth, she almost has a maternal relationship to Beth. Like she's almost Beth's secondary mother as well. Yes. And then I was thinking like what you just said, Laurie, he's he is like Peter Pan because Peter Pan doesn't want to grow up. In Peter Pan, Wendy, even though she likes the idea of being a child, she also wants to grow up. She wants to know what it's like to be an adult. And I think they even refer adulthood as another adventure where's the jew's harp joe cried laurie as soon as he was within speaking distance i forgot it and joe took heart again for that salutation could not be god lover like she always used to take his arm on these occasions now she did not and he made no complaint which was a bad sign but talked on rapidly about all sorts of faraway subjects did they turned from the road into the little path that led homeward through the grove? Then he walked more slowly, suddenly lost his fine flow of language. And now, and then, a dreadful pause occurred. To rescue the conversation from one of the wells of silence into which it kept falling. Joe said hastily, now you must have a good, long holiday. I intend to. Something in his resolute tone made Joe look up quickly find him looking down at her with an expression that assured her the dreaded moment had come and made her put out her hand with an imploring, No, Teddy, please don't. I will, and you must hear me. It's no use, Joe. We've got to have it out, and the sooner the better for both of us, he answered, getting flushed and excited all at once. Say what you like, then I'll listen, said Joe, with a desperate sort of patience. Joe is deadly afraid at this point. (laughs)
2: Yes. As an adult, at least reading this scene, I don't see how people are still like wanting her to say yes. And really, I don't see how Lori still ends up people's like favorite character that is not a sister. I think it's the adaptations. Oh, you're probably right. Because we, we just did a poll in the Little Women Book Club. And first we did the, a poll of who's your favorite sister. And and of course, Joe in a landslide one. <laughs> And then we did a poll that was, who's your favorite character who isn't one of the sisters? And Lori won by more than double that of the runner-up. But at least the runner-up was Friedrich. I I am happy about that. (laughs) But, like, really, overall, Lori got more votes even than Joe got from both the polls.
1: Interesting. The 2019 film, Lori has no flaws. They have all been erased.
2: Well, his costuming.
1: I <laughs> love that one, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, you know it, what bugs me so much? Because I felt like in general, he did, a, he did a pretty good job. But the costuming really did him no justice because when he's supposed to be a grown-up, especially in that proposal scene, he looks like he's got like a full diaper or something because his drawers are so loose. Like, it looks like he's like a child with <laughs> who, who has a diaper that needs to be changed. Somebody who was
1: a Joe and Laurie shipper said to me that Friedrich was terrible bully in the twenty nineteen film. Laurie was always kind to Joe.
2: Oh, interesting! I didn't think that Friedrich came off as a bully. I think that they made a mistake by not casting someone German. I think they mm. made a mistake by casting somebody who was too conventionally handsome. People get so wrapped up in the idea that they when they think that. Joe and Laurie should have been together. If they if they actually read the book, that they must not have very much reading comprehension. (laughs) I think they got really defensive. Like
1: they were on Joe's side when Joe said that Frederick was a terrible bully. So they identified with Joe. I don't know why. Yeah. Because in the book, Joe and Frederick don't
2: argue. That whole film, I mean, the only thing good that came out of that film is that it gave, I think, a lot of people new eyes to look at Amy. Yeah. You know, Amy had a little bit of a redemption in that film. But at the same time, it was so weird seeing her, that actress play young Amy and then adult Amy. It, that just didn't, to me, that didn't work, especially since the whole thing was done in like flashbacks and flash forwards. And it just didn't work to me.
1: And it was really confusing because once you have Jo saying that she wants to be alone, then she's lonely, then she says that she's in love with Frederick. And then she suddenly wants Lori back. Like, right. I have no idea what was going on in it.
2: Like what was going on in Joe's head? You know, it's like it's like they wanted to take a story that just is a beautiful story that has a lot of heart and turn it into something artsy. That's not what the story is. Yeah, it just I don't I just didn't work. I, I I know you agree. It just didn't the whole the whole idea yeah. behind it didn't work. I just like to complain about it. <laughs> I always try to remind myself is that with things like this that I didn't like it, but there's someone who did. So maybe this—that was that film was for them, and maybe that film will then be the gateway to them watching one that actually will be better, or maybe to read more of the books or any of the books. Because I mean, there are Little Women fans who have not read the book who just like watching the movies. Yeah, we have some some people like that in the book club. All they are, are interested in are the movies, and I mean, I I understand that there are. I guess there are some really good books that I haven't read but I've seen the movies of but for the most part if I see a movie that is good I I try to read the book first and if I don't then I'll read the book later but I'm also a big bookworm. Laurie was a young lover but he was in earnest and meant to have it out if he died in the attempt so he plunged into the subject with characteristic impetuosity saying in a voice that would get choking now and then in spite of manful efforts to keep it steady I've loved you ever since I've known you, Joe. Couldn't help it. You've been so good to me. I've tried to show it, but you wouldn't let me. Now I'm going to make you hear and give me an answer, for I can't go on so any longer. i wanted to save you this. I thought you'd understand, began Joe, finding it a great deal harder than she expected. I know you did, but the girls are so queer, you never know what they mean. They say no when they mean yes and drive a man out of his wits just for the fun of it, returned Lori, entrenching himself behind an undeniable fact. Okay, so when I reread this the other day, this made me mad. (laughs) I have a red flag drawn to this part. Yes, it's such a red flag. And, you know, I'm like, I didn't realize that this this notion that when women say no, they mean yes, that it was such an old idea. And, And the fact that It says, entrenching himself behind an undeniable fact. It's like, how is that an undeniable fact? I don't know a single woman who says no when they mean yes. If he knew Joe, he'd know that that wouldn't be how she is either. You know, and that's Mm. why she she keeps going. And it's
1: like that scene in Vienna when he doesn't really seem to know Joe at all when he tries to put her into the opera Yes, and, and just after that he realizes, well, Joe
2: would not really fit into an opera, and it's exactly what she tells him in this chapter that mm. he needs someone who's elegant, he needs someone who's going to fit in his world, and she doesn't and When I was thinking about his whole purpose of this proposal, he doesn't actually want to marry her she, he wants to marry her family. You know what I mean like like she was the doorway into which he entered the March family to begin with, and so it to him it's this natural thing that that means he should marry her. In a way, he kind of continues this. One of our uh, book club members mentioned that that she she doesn't really believe so much that Lori even was completely sincere with Amy, like that the idea really was still that he wanted to marry into the family. And so it wasn't like, oh, I I love you, I love you, Amy, and so we're going to be married now – you are another way for me to be really a part of this family.
1: I made an episode where I analyzed Laurie's proposal to Amy. You know, he's very flicky because in one moment he's like, he tries to re- resent the idea that he was in love with Amy because he sees himself as this romantic hero. He feels like he owns Joe some kind of a favor, which he doesn't.
0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply. He made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply.
1: He feels yeah. like he, he's unfaithful to Joe, even though Joe has said no many times to him. And I have no idea why he feels like that. And I think it well, might have to do with this whole idea of a family.
2: Yeah, because when him and Joe first became friends, when he first was like moved in with his grandfather, he felt very disconnected from people, right? Because both of his parents were gone and he did not have that closeness with his grandfather yet at that point. Joe became like this lifeline to family. He knew he was miserable without her at that point in his life. So That's probably why he feels like he owes her is because of that.
1: I think he almost sees Joe as the last resort that when he marries Joe, he doesn't need to grow and be responsible. He doesn't need to fit into that world that his grandfather wants him to fit into because Joe has these maternal feelings for him and she kind of tries to keep him on the right path. So he's almost addicted to that nurturing nature that she has for boys and for him.
2: I I opened up for discussion this chapter with the book club on Facebook because I thought, oh, maybe they'll there'll be somebody who has some kind of extra insight. And one of our members, Lorraine, pointed out what a great amount of integrity Joe shows by rejecting Lori. And I couldn't agree with this more. But Mm -hmm. it made me think, too, about the concept in a lot of like a a big theme in a lot of German literature, right, is is the women's self-sacrificing love. Especially in in things like, like Goethe, right? And we know Louisa May Alcott loved this, that you loved, you know, German literature. Yeah, and and we can see this theme in other parts of Little Women, this the self sacrificing love, the, the behavior of Beth, or even Jo cutting off her hair to sell for her family. But I I really appreciate that in this scene, Jo does not sacrifice herself; that she doesn't say oh, he loves me and my family, I'm not going to hurt him. Oh, I do love him, I just don't love him the right way, but I'll I'll still marry him. You know, I mean, think how easy that, that's how, this scene could have gone that way, especially if you follow this this theme of women's self-sacrificing love.
1: I recently read Anna Swim, which is another Algot short story, but it yeah. had an interesting scene where this, Anna, the female character, she wants uncomplicated friendships with Mm -hmm. young men that feels like the time when they were kids, children, without Mm -hmm. any kind of romantic feelings. That is the relationships that she wants with male friends. Yes. And then she wants real love with somebody, which is not based on financials or any kinds of fake feelings. But I thought that was interesting because... Joe and Laurie have that childhood friendship where they don't have complicated feelings of romance and getting married. And then Laurie suddenly wants that, but Joe doesn't want that romance with him. When I was reading it, it seemed very difficult for this female character to have those kind of relationships, uncomplicated friendships with men once she became an adult.
2: Oh, and that's something that I think that we see a lot in modern times too. There's always that question of, can men and women just be friends? Yeah, when Harry met Sally. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I personally think it's very difficult for men and women to just be friends, it, unless you're like a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Like me and my husband can be friends with a couple. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's harder for me to just have like a male friend because I have seen that that at least on the other side, the other on the male's side. They usually want something besides friendship. Or they mistake friendliness for romantic love. I have some
1: male friends, but it's never deep friendship.
2: Yes. It's never
1: extremely emotional friendship. We get along, we might hang out. It's not as deep as it might be with my female friends. But then Joe, she doesn't really have many female friends. I don't think she has any female friends in the novel. And she always goes to, to the company of boys because she feels that the boys are less complicated and they don't require that much of her. Amy and Meg say that you need to dress in a certain way to behave a certain way. I don't. I never wanted to make you care for me. So, and I went to a way to keep you from it if I could. I thought so. It was like you, but it was no use. I only loved you all the more. And I worked hard to please you, and I gave up billiards and everything you didn't like. And I waited and never complained, for I hoped you'd love me, though I'm not half good enough. Here there was a joke that couldn't be controlled, so he decapitated buttercups while he cleared his confounded throat. Yes, you are. You're a great deal too good for me, and I'm so grateful to you and so proud and fond of you. I don't see why I can't love you as you want me to. I tried, but I can't change the feeling. And it would be a lie to say I do when I don't. Really, truly, Joe. He stopped short and caught both her hands as he put his question with a hook that she did not soon forget. Really, truly, dear. They were the grown now, close by the stile. And when the last words fell reluctantly from Joe's lips, Lori dropped her hands and turned as if to go on. But for once in his life, that fence was too much for him. So he just laid his head down on the mossy post and stood so still that Joe was frightened.
2: Oh, Teddy, I'm sorry. So desperately sorry. I could kill myself if it would do any good. I wish you wouldn't take it so hard. I can't help it. You know it's impossible for people to make themselves love other people if they don't, cried Joe inelegantly but remorsefully as she softly patted his shoulder, remembering the time when he had comforted her so long ago. They do sometimes, said a muffled voice from the post. I don't believe it's the the right sort of love, and I'd rather not try, was the decided answer. There was a long pause while a blackbird sung blithely on the willow by the river, and the tall grass rustled in the wind. Presently, Joe said very soberly as she sat down on the step of the stile, "'Lori, I want to tell you something.' He started as if he had been shot, threw up his head, and cried out in a fierce tone, "'Don't tell me that, Joe. I can't bear it now.' "'Tell what?' she asked, wondering at his violence. "'That you love that old man.' "'What old man?' demanded Joe, thinking he must mean his grandfather." That devilish professor you were always writing about. If you say you love him, I know I shall do something desperate. And he looked as if he could would keep his words. So he clenched his hands with a wrathful spark in his eyes. Not the red flag here. Right. And, you know, this is interesting, too, though, because it shows that he's not totally unaware. And so that makes me wonder why he still asks her to marry him. Right. Because he knows there's something with her and the professor, even if she doesn't know there's something with her and the professor.
1: That is true. And you know this white old man demanded Joe thinking he must mean his grandfather. Joe doesn't think that Friedrich is
2: old. (laughs) Well, he's not old. Well, maybe that's just me saying that because I'm old.
1: (laughs) He's 39. That's not old. Old to Lori. There's this part. I only loved you all the more and I worked hard to please you and I gave up billiards and everything. And then, then I think about Friedrich's proposal. He goes to the other side of the country to work so he
2: can get some money and bid Joe a house. And and even his whole saying that he doesn't have anything to offer her, right? You know, mm. when he says, Impotence. you know, that his hands are empty. It's again, it's, it's, it's such a different approach. I feel like Lori's approach is more like I can give you everything. We're supposed to be together. I did this stuff that actually isn't even that big of a deal, but it should be taken seriously versus like you said, Look what Friedrich actually does. He does something incredibly hard, but he does everything humbly. And he says, I have nothing to offer you, essentially. Joe is so incredibly happy when
1: Friedrich proposes. Like you said, Laurie, in reality, he can't really offer the things that she needs, that she wants. And Joe cannot give Laurie what he wants. The thing is, Laurie wants somebody who admires him. Somebody who can push him to be a better person. Because this is the lazy Lori, the one who plays billiard.
2: This is a good example, too, of why Lori and Amy are well-suited for mm. each other. I went ahead and I I re- like reread most of the chapter where he proposes to Amy, too, because I wanted to contrast the two, two proposals. And in that chapter, when he finds her after Beth has died, and the language used there where he does all these things that she... She needs that. how he, he pets her, he, he, he builds her up. He does the kind of stuff he liked Joe to do for him. And so it's kind of interesting because his relationship with Joe was he was kind of always looking for someone to save him. And then his relationship with Amy puts him in this position where he finally grows into this his manhood to where he's going to save someone else. Yeah. so I just think it's interesting because like Amy needs that reassurance and that, oh, you're doing a good job. Oh, you're so strong. You know, Joe didn't, doesn't need that kind of reassurance so much. But both Amy and Lori need that.
1: Yeah, And they have the whole my lady and my lord thing going on. Yes, I think that's cute. I like that. Yeah, me too. Then in that chapter, when Lori is in Vienna and he conjures that dream woman. It's interesting because he he shovels the dream woman with all these gifts under the sun. She gets diamonds and dresses and whatever she needs. This idea that Laurie has here, that he can give Joe all these material things. He thinks that that's all she needs, which is not the case. Still in that moment when he's conjuring this dream woman, he just thinks that his money can solve all his problems. But then... Slowly, when this dream woman starts to look like Amy, he gives away the dream woman and then he thinks about Amy in reality, mm-hmm. which is super interesting. Yes. Jo wanted to laugh, but restrained herself and said warmly, for she too was getting excited with all this. Don't swear, Teddy, he isn't old nor anything bad, but good and kind and the best friend I've got next to you. Pray, don't fly into passion. I want to be kind, but I know I shall get angry if you abuse my professor. I haven't the least idea of loving him or anybody else. But you will after a while, and then what will become of me? You'll love someone else too, like a sensible boy, and forget all this trouble. I can't love anyone else, and I'll never forget you, Joe. Never, never. With a stamp to emphasize his passionate words. What shall I do with him? Sighed Joe finding that emotions were more unimaginable than she expected. You haven't heard what I wanted to tell you. Sit down and listen. For indeed, I want to do right and make you happy, she said, hoping to suit him with a little reason, which proved that she knew nothing about love.
2: The fact that he stamps his feet. He's like a a toddler throwing a fit. (laughs) Never, never. (laughs) You know, I mean, really. So romantic. I
1: remember reading this for the first time when I was 17. And I had seen the 1994 film.
2: And I thought that this was so different than what I saw in the screen. So I read it for the first time when I was 13. I read it in summer of 1994, before the film came out. <laughs> so I definitely got a different feeling from the film to this. Now, the film version, I find really interesting because... So there's a book that's called Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, The Story of Little Women and Why It Still Matters by Anne Boyd Rueau. I know that one. Okay, so it it says in that book that in the original draft that Laurie does kiss Joe, you know, just like in the 94 movie, which is not the final version of the book. The book says when she first wrote the scene, Alcott had a more dramatic exit in mind instead of simply turning away Lori caught her in his arms and kissed her violently. Joe did not respond, but was subsequently frightened by his passion. And I think that's, it's interesting that, that it was changed because I do feel like the the movie version if 94 movie version that the scene worked really well. It really did. But it does, it does make you feel worse for Lori because you're like, Oh, he loves her, you know, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't seem like a petulant child. He seems just like this man who who loves her and has loved her his whole life, you know. But I wonder why Louisa Mount Alcott actually changed it from what she originally wrote, unless she was just trying to make a more clean break of he is not the right person for Joe. I have two theories.
1: I think it might be Louisa and Lady Wisniewski.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: Laundry Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.
2: That's
0: right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Because I okay. knew that they kissed in a carriage. Louisa oh, writes okay. about that in her journal. Then she writes like, it was time for the old woman to go back to her own life. I was reading that Louisa Malcolm was like 32 or something while she calls herself
2: old. And then mm-hmm. I remembered, well, he's 21. In that time period, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, recently with Betty White passing away, mm-hmm. there's been so much stuff with the Golden Girls in the media and when the golden girls first came out, those women were only like 53 years old, but for like our standards of today, 53 year old in the eighties looks like a 75 year old or an 80 year old now, you know what I mean? And so to be a 32 year old in the late mid to late 1800s, I'm sure that felt very old next to a 21 year old man that probably felt like she was robbing the cradle. There's still lots of people who don't like to
1: see older women with younger men. So there's controversy now and there was controversy then. I think Louise must have really good reasons to reject him because I think only way Joe and Laurie would have ended up together in this book is if Louise had married him. I don't think she loved him because there's also these references that she kind of had maternal feelings for him. It's kind of difficult to be in a relationship with that kind of person, if you are more like a mother figure for them and not an equal partner. And then also in um, Goethe's novel, Sorrows of Young Werther, when Werther confesses his feelings for Lottie, I think they also kissed in the novel, because that proposal is very similar to this one. Oh, okay. Werther, he threatens to kill himself if Lottie won't marry him. It really goes into this romanticizing, this guy and the way he pursues this woman. So yeah, I think that's why Louisa May might have written this early draft with a kiss that was passionate, but also Joe is really frightened when that happens. Yeah. I read I think it was some Alcott biography that you know, she had smudged, the, smudged this or, original draft and changed it without mm-hmm. any further ex-
2: explanation. I wish that we could actually see those silent films. You know, I I, I'd be very curious to to see what those were like. In the book club, we're starting like a uh both a movie and a reading challenge. So the movie challenge, we're doing a different movie every month now to analyze. And we're gonna do a different book every other month. The first movie that we're starting with that we're starting our discussions on Saturday, is the 1933 movie with Katherine Hepburn. And the thing that really struck me, because I actually hadn't watched it until recently, the thing that struck me watching the 1933 version is really how not long ago Little Women would have come out then. It's like 65 years or something like that after Little Women was published that that movie was made. And when you think about how short of a time period, 65 years is, it'd be like if a book written in 1957 mm. was made into a you know a movie now. And so people who literally were alive when Little Women was pu- first published were able to be seeing the movie in the theaters. And I think that that, that probably really influenced the accuracy of time period for the film. And, and that's why I really wish that we had access to those silent films because those silent films, obviously they're much closer even to the publication date than, than the 1933 film, because I'd be curious to see how much more accurate the costuming or the hair, or even Mm. the way actors move, because I mean, different time periods, we have different ways that we even like move our bodies versus what's considered accept socially acceptable in the way that we stand or sit. And that's one of the reasons the 2019 film wasn't that great was because the hair was so out mm. of time period. You know and what the I mean? Yes, the clothes, the colors of the clothes particularly.
1: I think that might be also the reason why the 1933 yeah. film, it's one of the closest to the books in ways the actors look at the characters. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it that one and the 19. 19- Forty-nine film, Rory's proposal. It's pretty angry. He has a temper, and it's like he could stomp his foot to the ground. And I think he might actually do that in the nineteen thirty-three film. Mm-hmm. Like he's shouting at her, and I think he says, "says like, Joe, you don't know what you're doing." It's pretty close to this chapter. Yes. I the- I was
2: really impressed with the thirty-three film mm-hmm. because I thought this this really is quite accurate to the book with the exception of what it excludes, right? Because mm-hmm. the 1933 film excludes the manuscript getting burnt. It excludes Amy falling through the ice. It excludes the teacher striking Amy and, and, and limes. And, you know, so it leaves out a whole lot of these like important parts that are normally not left out of the movies. I think that with the exception of what it excludes, I think that the 30, 1933 film might be, the most faithful to the novel as far as the way the characters are presented and the way the set, the, the actual, you know, the the sets that they're performing on really look accurate also and the costuming. But I don't know if you know this, but the costumer for the 1933 film was Walter Plunkett and Walter Plunkett also was the costumer for gone with the wind. Oh really? Yes. And so, so this man was so good at costuming in the Civil War era. He was known as being like a big researcher when he did historical films. And so he would go to the libraries that had all the historical records on the actual costumes from the time periods or like the clothing from the time periods. And so his costumes are way more accurate than most of the other films we're we're going to be seeing because historical accuracy was important to him. It's really nice with the scenes that the movie doesn't have, it also
1: have these scenes that are not adapted usually. Like mm-hmm. I remember watching that and it had the, the scene where Beth dies. But yeah. then after that, you know, in the book, Joe thinks that she needs to take Beth's place. She does all these things at, at the home. She starts to take all these little chores that Beth used to do, like... Mm-hmm. It's her way to cope with the pain, but also she almost like has decided that now she's going to take care of her parents because Beth isn't here anymore. And that was in the film, and I was really impressed by that because you have Catherine Hepburn being this clumsy, very tall, tomboy girl trying to be this
2: spirit of the home. And she was really enduring, and I really liked that. I was really surprised with Catherine Hepburn really in the film I mean, there were times if the if the camera was too close to her, I do feel like she looked too old for the part most of the time. But when it was not close to her, I felt like we couldn't have had a more accurate Joe physical a physical mm-hmm. representation of Joe. Yeah, you know, should we actually have somebody who is is tall and lanky and doesn't move always like a lady? You know, like yeah, she did a great job. I think she and then Sarah Davenport in the. 2018 film are closest to the book too. Yeah. the 1994 film before it even came out I was horrified because I thought how can Nona Ryder play this part when she's like she's like a pixie mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> she's so tiny and she's so pretty and I thought there's no way but then I saw the film and she does such a good job of portraying the character that I, I give her a pass on being pretty and tiny because I feel like she really does a good job of playing Joe, even if she doesn't look like Joe. You know what yeah.
1: I mean? Yeah, and I think everyone in the 1994 film are very attractive. All yes. of them, like Gabriel Byrne and Christian Bale, they're all very attractive. That's just the way it is, but it's still a, one of my favorites. Together with the 1933 film film, which is really interesting also because it I think I like that because it has a very feminine looking Laurie and then very masculine looking Joe and I think that's really the tension in the book also because yes. like in this proposal chapter Laurie takes this very masculine role and now he is treating Joe like she is a woman but yes. then in these earlier chapters when they've been friends they have also been putting other women down like there is that chapter when Laurie is in college and he's flirting with some woman and then he turns to joe and then he speaks shit about this woman who he just flirted with yeah. behind her
2: back he's a bit of a player yes yeah i love that's a, such a good point about this 1933 movie about about joe having the masculine like energy and and Lori having the feminine they write that that it, that's not the case in any of the other representations and it is exactly what the book really is like and maybe that's one of those things that I, I I didn't like actually think about when I was watching but maybe that's part of why I thought it worked so well when I when I was watching the film because it's true it's 100% true and I think Mel well, I speak about this a lot
1: because I think it's so interesting because there are so many references in the book where Jo says that she likes very masculine and manly men. And yeah. then characters like Laurie and Nat, they're too feminine for her, too girly. Yeah. Yeah. She's not attracted to Laurie because Laurie looks very feminine and
2: Friedrich is more. Dirty, yeah. 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 I can just picture him being a man who has very hairy hands, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Versus Laurie probably looks like he has a manicure. And then I always thought that
1: Amy is attracted to Laurie because he looks the way he does, like very artistic, Roman guy, androgynous. And then Joe is attracted to much more rougher type of men.
2: Yes. Yeah. I have a, a friend who she agrees with us that she she does not like the new little women, but she loves Timothy Chalamet. um she loves him and but she'll admit it that she thinks that feminine men are very attractive she likes him she likes Harry Styles she liked David Bowie Mm -hmm. she likes these more feminine androgynous type of men there are lots of women who like skinny guys androgynous yeah androgynous guys Yes. And, you know, the, you know, so many women love like all the boy band guys, right? Mm, yeah. um, Lori is a boy band guy, you know, <laughs> and Professor Bear is a German professor. And I, I definitely would much rather be with the German professor than the boy band guy. But that's my own personal taste as well. Lori, the 1933 film, he's also very feminine
1: and genius. <laughs> I really like that because you also also get this feeling that if they would be a romantic couple, they would be quite unbalanced because yes. Joe looks so very masculine and he looks more feminine. Yes. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, Joe does feel this need to take care of him because he's not so solidly built, muscular. Somehow his body type might wake up those maternal feelings i
2: don't know i just i just think it's interesting think about it too the very beginning when we're first introduced to Lori, he's sick and yeah. he's not allowed to go outside even yeah i mean can you even picture friedrich being sick and not being able to go outside i just can't picture it he would be outside and shovel the snow and everything still even if he was a little bit sick
1: one of my friedrich bear friends <laughs> fan friends she Wrote this fanfic where she wrote If Friedrich would get sick, Joe would be so lost. Like, Joe wouldn't know what to do. When Laurie is sick, Joe knows that she needs to take care of him. But if Friedrich gets sick, Joe would be sick of worry. Joe would go crazy and France or someone should calm Joe down. It would be very serious. Joe would lose herself then. I agree. Melody and I continue our chat next week. Thank you for listening. Take care and make good choices. Bye.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.